The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2020 webinar series, Advancing a Circular Economy, Policy Changes Across Canada. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this webinar possible, including the partner for this session, the Recycling Council of British Columbia, Platinum Sponsor, the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation, and the sponsor of this session, Retrack Connect transforming the way government agencies manage and measure their waste and recycling programs. To learn more about their software, visit retrack.com, re-trac.com. In this segment, Peter Hargreave of Policy Integrity Incorporated in Ontario leads us through an overview of the steps the province is taking to transition to full producer-led EPR in the coming months. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. It's uh, it's a pretty exciting time, I think, uh, or, or I guess some might see it as a very tiring time when it comes to uh, waste management uh, policy in the country. A lot of things happening uh, at the same time, and I think certainly lots of opportunity for uh, jurisdictions to be learning from each other. Um, so uh, I'm going to focus today on, on some of the things that are happening in Ontario. I'm going to try to cover beyond uh, uh, producer responsibility as well, because I think there is some um, interesting changes that are applicable across the country. So I'm going to talk about producer responsibility and and the new uh, regulation that was announced uh, just last week for um, uh, paper um, packaging and, and, and single use uh, products. Um, but I'm also going to focus a bit on organics diversion, ICNI waste, um, talk a little bit about sort of some of the modernization that's happening around oversight enforcement of, uh, of waste in, uh, in uh, Ontario and, and changes to the approval side as well. So all of the change that's happening in, in Ontario is really spurred uh, based on uh, legislation, framework legislation that was passed in 2016, the Resource Recovery and Circular Economy Act. Um, it, it allows for a number of things. So it allows for uh, a policy statements that can direct or encourage certain activity within, uh, within Ontario. It sets up the framework uh, for producer responsibility and that, uh, that's more of an outcomes-based focused over a process uh, focused uh, regime. Uh, it creates uh, an oversight uh, and enforcement uh, body that can um, oversee not only just uh, the producer responsibility side, uh, but also potentially other areas. Uh, and I'll talk to that uh, in the presentation. And then finally, it requires the upkeep of a provincial strategy. So an understanding as to where Ontario is going over the next number of years. So just starting with, uh, with producer responsibility. So the focus uh, over the last number of years has been um, uh, transitioning uh, the current or the the, the former uh, framework into this new framework. So used tires transitioned at the beginning of 2019. I think largely uh, that program has been seen as a success. We've seen um, uh, more free riders that have been identified and brought into uh, into the policy. Uh, we've seen some fairly significant investments in in new processing capacity. Um, and we're seeing uh, lots of choice out there for producers. So there are a number of producer responsibility organizations uh, that are, are functioning within the province. Um, the ministry has uh, moved forward with uh, new uh, regulations for uh, batteries. Uh, that, that program has transitioned 
uh, July of this year, so a little early to tell sort of what the repercussions of that regulation are. Uh, waste electronics, um, uh, the regulation, draft regulation was just put out as well as the LAMPS regulation, and I'll speak to both of those. And then by the end of this year, we should see a regulation for uh, household hazardous waste and, and again, the uh, blue box or the uh, packaging paper and single use regulation was just put out uh, last week. So I just want to I just want to touch briefly um, on some of the concerns I think that uh, that are coming out of some of the regulations um, uh, that have have we've seen come forward. Uh, as I said, the, the used tire regulation I think is generally working. I think people are 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 happy with the perform of, uh, performance of it generally to date. Uh, there is some concern I think with the introduction of the new electronics regulation and as well partially with the battery regulation as they went from draft regulations to final. Um, so the new uh, electronics regulation in Ontario is generally uh, just simply a status quo regulation when it comes to the materials that are designated. It's really just moving over uh, information technology, telecommunications and AV that were already uh, uh, covered in Ontario. Uh, the initial draft regulation had a number of uh, items as well that they were planning to expand on. Uh, including small appliances, large appliances, power tools. Um, but in the final regulation, all of those uh, uh, products were removed. Uh, lamps were also the implementation for lamps was delayed by a number of years. So those regulations with regards to uh, lamps do not come into place until 2023. We also saw a pretty substantive change uh, in the recycling targets. Um, so in uh, looking over the next number of years, uh, the targets uh, that were initially proposed were all dropped somewhere between 25 and 50% uh, per year. Um, so a fairly substantial drop. And I think some concerns that if you don't get those targets right, uh, there's the potential that uh, more of this material is going to be managed um, inappropriately. The other thing the government added in this, in this regulation was they wanted to promote, you know, I think activities that they saw as beneficial. So, they added the ability to reduce management targets if you, if you uh, were using recycled content, if you were providing tools to facilitate repair, uh, extended warranties. Um, um, and they also allowed if materials were, were being refurbished in Ontario for you to get sort of a two for one management credit. Um, it, it was a way of, I think, trying to push more circular economy activities happening within the economy. Time will tell sort of how these regulations or how these additions will work. Um, but there certainly, I think, is a concern that um, they may actually cause some problems around ensuring that um, with the, the same amount of material is actually getting collected uh, and processed. Um, is EPR the right mechanism to be adding these types of additions into these um, a bonuses because you could really mess up uh, uh, your recycling targets as a result. Um, and how much is actually promoting new activity? So for uh, electronic equipment, um, there is a lot of refurbishment that happens in the economy already. So are you potentially giving additional credits for activities that might have been happening already because the business case was already there? Uh, collection. Uh, they have required a pretty substantial list of, of materials or of, of sources to be collected from. 
Um, so I think there's actually quite a strong regime in place to make sure, regardless of where you are in, in the province of Ontario, that you do have uh, um, access to, uh, to collection sites. There were also some additional changes made around compliance. Uh, I think this was sort of a red tape uh, effort. Uh, they had have moved annual performance audits to now uh, audits that are required every three years. Um, I would say offhand, it feels more like sort of a, a GR spin type of move. Um, if you've got to do three audits all in, you know, you hold them off for three years, you still have to do those audits. So the costs are largely the same. Um, and what happens is you lose sight if there's a problem that might be happening early. So the government doesn't have that same idea as to whether, you know, based on audited uh, performance, um, uh, uh, performance audits that come in, whether there are problems or not. Uh, they have also uh, moved away in these last regulations from requiring audits of visible fees. Um, again, time will tell whether that becomes an issue or not. Um, uh, certainly for a lot of programs like deposit programs, there's a requirement for an audit when you're charging visible fees. Um, so again, I think time will tell sort of how that, uh, how that plays out. Um, so just moving into, into the blue box, the draft regulation came out, uh, as I said, last week. Uh, it is a very tight timeline for consultation. So it's a 45 day consultation period. I think the government wants to, to finalize this regulation by the end of the year. Um, there has been ongoing consultation on the blue box uh, for what feels like probably the last 10 years um, in Ontario about changing this platform. So probably, uh, you know, the government can certainly rely on the fact that there has been a lot of feedback provided through this, uh, through this process. The, the, um, this regulation is different than some of the other materials that we've talked about in Ontario. Uh, you are moving away from a shared responsibility program where producers simply paid 50% of the, the invoices that came in and municipalities operated the system uh, to again, where, where uh, producers are fully responsible. Um, so a big change and municipalities are currently mandated to uh, establish and operate curbside programs. So that is a big change, lots of things that need to happen. And that's why the government is taking additional time to transition this over a longer period of time. So they will be transitioning um, uh, the blue box from 2023 to 2025, uh, taking on a third of, of municipalities, new municipalities um, every year. When you look at the proposed designated materials, uh, uh, the government is expanding uh, what is being required or what is being designated. Uh, I think Bob spoke to this earlier for, for British Columbia. Uh, the intention is to move to packaging like products. Uh, I think everyone sort of was puzzled by if I buy a, a, a pie plate with a, or a pie with a, with a pie plate around it, that material is designated. But if I buy a box of, of, uh, of pie plates, uh, that is not designated. I think it just didn't make sense. All of that material is ending up in, in the collection system. So it all should be designated. And they are also moving to uh, designate additional materials from single use food and beverage um, uh, sectors. So things like straws, cutlery plates, uh, food service wear. Certainly, uh, it's not lost on anybody that uh, uh, the federal government is looking potentially at banning some of these materials, at least the plastic-based materials, and the province is taking a different, uh, different perspective. So questions around, does the right hand and the left hand know what each other are doing? Um, 
there's probably some fairness in that comment, although at the end of the day, if the province or if the federal government does act to ban some of these, the plastic side of these materials, there still will be uh, the non-plastic based materials that will still need to be managed. The collection requirements, um, you know, essentially what the government is proposing in the regulation is that uh, uh, during that three-year time transition time period that simply uh, the um, producers take on uh, the programs currently as they're being run by municipalities. So if you're a municipality that is collecting uh, from schools uh, or long-term care homes, that those uh, those buildings be included um, uh, in that transition period. And then of, as of 2026, uh, the province is proposing quite a significant increase in, in uh, um, materials that need to be collected across the province. So those would be including all multi-residential buildings in the province, all non-service schools, long-term care and retirement homes, uh, and they've added all uh, eligible public space and parks. And that is, a, that is a fairly significant increase in what's being collected. So the idea would be that you would allow for that transition period, get everything over and then expand from there. So I think there certainly will be lots of concerns from producers on that side. Um, um, but again, some of these areas are serviced by municipalities already, and the idea is to try to provide greater access across the province. Um, from a management perspective, uh, uh, the uh, government uh, is being clear. They're sort of technology agnostic. We just want to. We want the outcome to ensure that it's going from from product to product. They will allow for some, I guess, what some would call lower applications like uh, aggregate replacement, uh, but they have put percentages around around those targets. So things like uh, uh, composting, if it's going to supplement soil would be allowed, chemical recycling would be allowed. But again, anything that's disposal related or incineration energy from wayside would not be included. Uh, the targets um, um, are based on what is actually marketed, uh, not collected. So it's slightly different uh, than BC. Um, you do have to show, you know, any of the residual that drops out would, would not be included in, in the targets. These are fairly, I think, I would say aggressive targets um, that the province is proposing. Um, they are pretty big step ups. It is a five year period. Uh, that until these targets would come into place. But again, they are fairly significant targets uh, when you compare them to other jurisdictions in Canada and, and, uh, and around the world. Just moving from, from producer responsibility, I wanna to touch on, on organics diversion and ICNI, and I know I'm tight on time, so I will try to talk quickly. Um, the province is taking much more of a generator approach when it comes to uh, organics diversion and ICNI materials. Uh, the policy statement that they released uh, a couple of years ago and are just in the process of updating, you know, uh, sets targets and says, uh, if you're a municipality of a certain size, uh, we require you to meet targets of X by 2023 and targets of, of, of Y by 2025. Uh, so it's encouraging them to ensure that they've got, or not encouraging, requiring them to have source separation programs in place and then to meet targets, not only based on diversion, but also uh, based on reduction. Um, uh, they are requiring this as well for businesses over a certain size as well. 
Um, and then they have other sort of less things that they put in it that just are encouragements to look at things like better waste planning uh, and infrastructure for organics, uh, reduction of waste and other ways to, to increase diversion. The province right now is still considering the move to uh, a full organic uh, waste uh, uh, ban. Um, consultation hasn't occurred on that yet, but the government has said that they will move forward with that. They have also announced um, uh, through uh, Enbridge that there will be a voluntary renewable gas program put in place that will help with uh, potentially a lot of facilities in Ontario that are uh, processing organics through anaerobic digestion. Um, and then they have also announced that they are moving to an ICI uh, waste generation framework, slightly different than BC. I think the focus seems to be more on uh, generator requirements. So basing those requirements on uh, the size of facilities. I'll touch quickly on two additional um, um, pieces. One is as oversight enforcement. So um, Ontario differs uh, in, in its framework um, uh, in the fact that it's got uh, a separate oversight and enforcement body uh, that they have put in place. Uh, this body does provide oversight. It requires producers, service providers to register and report into it. Um, uh, and so uh, the province can have a clear understanding of what's actually happening in that producer responsibility framework. They are also looking right now at expanding that framework out. Uh, so that registry can also be used for things like electronic manifesting for hazardous waste. Uh, and so that is just under consultation in Ontario. And I would expect as well, the province is also looking about looking into how that might also apply to other areas like excess soil management. Last slide uh, uh, that I will touch on is just simply on the approval side. So one of the things that often gets forget forgotten is when you move forward with all of these diversion, all of these new initiatives, you need to make sure you've got infrastructure in place. And, and Ontario's current structure is uh, uh, difficult to move forward with new infrastructure. And so they're looking at ways to adapt that. They have also put in some new rules around landfills, which could potentially have a pretty significant impact on uh, new, new landfills being approved in the province. They're allowing municipalities to have more of a say um, on where those sites are located. Thank you for listening to this 2020 webinar series podcast. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and Google Play for more from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full presentations.